0: Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies.
1: Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. Welcome to another podcast from the Canadian Professional Sales Association in this CPSA episode we'll consider ways to increase sales effectiveness and efficiencies. And our very, very, very special guest today is marketing and sales royalty, Matt Hines. Prolific author and nationally recognized award-winning blogger. Matt is president and founder of Hines Marketing with 20 years of marketing business development and sales experience from a variety of organizations and industries. He is a dynamic speaker, memorable not only for his keen insight and humor, what is actionable and motivating takeaways. Matt's career focuses on consistently delivering measurable results with greater sales, revenue growth, product success, and customer loyalty. Matt is a repeat winner of the top 50 most influential people in sales lead management and top 50 sales and marketing influencers. He restored his 105-year-old historic farmhouse in Kirkland, Washington with his wife, Beth, and shares it with three young children, a dog, two rabbits, and seven chickens. Oh, my goodness.
0: For sales professionals, team leaders and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more
1: matt welcome to the show
0: thank you and just to clarify not all of those animals live in the house the rabbits and chickens have (laughs) adequate shelter but they hang out outside
1: (laughs) so beyond my weird introduction there and for those people who uh, perhaps don't know that much about you yet please introduce yourself a bit more
0: uh, thanks it is really uncomfortable to sit and have to listen to that uh, but it's uh it 's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you guys inviting me on um yeah i've been doing sales and marketing work for a long time started Heinz marketing a little over ten years ago and um i just i love it i just i love being able to help people build better pipelines. Our focus is helping improve the predictability and scalability of pipelines. I think a lot of people and a lot of companies face too much lumpiness in the pipeline development effort there's too much of a sort of random acts of marketing and lumpy efforts to produce pipeline uh for sales organizations so uh, we help improve that and help you know help companies sort of build a
1: discipline and a muscle and an engine to drive predictable scalable growth okay thank you very much now let's let's move straight on to the core of this conversation today which is around sales effectiveness and efficiencies firstly from your experience, what from what you've seen, from what you work on with your clients, what are some of the, the major causes of inefficiency on the sales floor?
0: Well, we actually did some research on this recently. We, we tried to find out not only what percent of sales reps time is spent actively selling, but we tried to find out what are the main culprits. Um, you know, consistently across industries, we see only about 25 percent of sales reps' time used actively selling. That's an average, um, but it's not too far off from where a lot of people are. I think that the biggest culprits that are keeping them from being more active in selling is, one, is time in CRM, uh, and two, is time creating their own content. Uh, And so I think a lot of organizations, if you can look at ways to improve the efficiency and the efficacy of how people are using technology and also create sort of centralized means of creating more and distributing more of the right content for your sales organization. Just those two things alone will have a pretty major impact on the
1: efficiency of your sales team. The right content, ladies and gentlemen, and therein lies the big question, which I'm sure we'll dive into a bit more later. Uh, Before we do, uh, what process improvement strategy and technology implementation does Heinz Marketing promote to help increase sales team satisfaction, efficiency, and, and results?
0: Well, I think, you know, first of all, it's to understand on the technology side that technology is not your strategy. It is an enabler of your strategy. Uh, some of the best CRM administrators I know have an objective of make, helping their sales team spend as little time as possible in CRM. You know, Every minute you're in the system is a minute you're not selling. And so your job as a marketing operations team, as a sales operations team, is to get people out of the technology and more time in front of their customers. I'm also a big fan of of technology and tools and processes that help deliver the right content at the right time to prospects and customers. And similarly to the sales organization, up to 90% of content delivered to sales goes unused. And I think too many companies hear that and think, well, I guess I should deliver less content to sales. Unfortunately, the, the, the real role is that you need to give more content to sales. They need more content for more of the right context, the more unique contexts of the conversations they have. And so if you can do that and do it in an efficient way where your sales representative doesn't spend a bunch of time looking for content but can find it in the right place at the right time, then you're really getting somewhere. So I think less time in CRM, a more efficient means of finding the right content more often. Those are two places that I think from a process and a
1: system standpoint can really improve uh, results for your sales team. And I'm just going to stop there for a second and offer a shameless plug. Listeners, uh, please check out the recent interview that I did with uh, the awesome Vivica von Rosen on content for sales enablement. Uh, it, it would be a nice little sort of supplement to this chapter today, I think. Uh, okay, continuing on there, Matt, let, let's actually talk about the tech for sales enablement a bit more first. Uh, specifically, what tools do you think salespeople should be using to evaluate and communicate with prospects and why? So I'm assuming, for example, you're going to mention LinkedIn as part of part of this answer here, but uh, maybe some other tools that people maybe not don't think about or uh, uh, perhaps designed for larger companies in the past, but now have more accessible uh, license plans. T- tell us a bit about that.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and using it on a regular basis. I also daily use, um, you know, outreach. Uh, there's a number of uh, sort of competitors to outreach, including Sales Loft and Tout and Yesware and others. But, uh, you know, those are tools that can take an existing process and help you apply it consistently to more of your prospects with greater efficiency. I think it allows you to spend more time customizing and personalizing communication where is necessary in that extra 20%, but get the 80% that can be automated and streamlined, right? Um, I also rely on a tool called Lead IQ to to help me uh, get access to new prospects and to automatically, you know, add them to CRM, add them to do sequences within outreach. Um, And that that tool really does help me with my, with our target accounts and with our our prospecting and, and with a lot of our clients as well.
1: Okay. And sorry, just check that was Lead IQ. Is that right? Lead IQ, L E A D I Q. Okay, and so you can plug information directly into your CRM and then communicate straight out of your CRM as well. Is is, is that right? Using Lead, you about can. Tools?
0: I think. I think that you know most CRM systems really aren't built to be sales rep tools. I think it's why we've seen the emergence of systems like Outreach and Sales Loft and others that are a, a more of a better sales rep overlay on CRM. Uh, I mean, I we have some clients that. You know, their sales reps really rarely go into the actual CRM system. They're using a tool like an outreach to get work done that helps them focus on the right prospects to engage with, um, you know, with templates and with, you know, sort of workflows and
1: whatnot. Now, staying on the topic of technology related to sales and marketing, who do you think should, should lead the vendor evaluation and selection? Should that be the marketing department, uh, the sales department, both, someone else? Well,
0: I will, if I have to answer one or the other, I guess I'd answer marketing, not because I am a marketer, but because marketers tend to have more often have the budget uh, to spend on marketing and sales technology. But I, at the end of the day, I really don't care about who selects it and more I care about how they evaluate and select it. I think too often we see companies looking for uh, a vendor with the most features or, you know, say, hey, which, what's the best product on the market? And the best product on the market, depending on the category, may not be the right product for you. So if you start by thinking about your use case, your objectives, what are you you trying to fix or what are you trying to streamline and how will you actually implement? it? Like what, what will you actually implement? What features will you actually use? That may help you determine what you need to employ. And I do think, though, that no matter who is sort of driving the selection process, marketing or sales, both need to be actively involved. Uh, very rarely do the world-class B2B organizations today work in a true handoff format where marketing is generating leads, throwing those over the fence with some collateral to sales and then sales is off on their own. And they're kind of got this blind wall in between. It's, it's very much, it's less of a handoff and more of a handshake. And it, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of sales and marketing teams working together at each stage of the buying process today. Um, so I think, you know, the technology has to be a joint
1: decision and initiative as well. So content marketing is fundamentally important to social selling, of of course. And I'm sure most people listening to this show today uh will have some component of social selling within their sales strategy. Can can you offer some examples of of companies that you work with or you've seen who are who are getting it right?
0: Well, I mean social selling, you know, as it were, as it is, it isn't really about the channels. We tend to when we think of social selling, we think, oh, that's about like using LinkedIn and using Twitter. No, I mean, it's about having some value added opportunity to engage with your prospects more often. Right. Um I think, you know, you can look, you can use social channels to listen and learn about your prospects. And then you can communicate and respond in any format you want. There may be another format that's better for the prospect and better for you. So I think listening and learning, uh, I think you know finding opportunities to increase value-added engagement with your prospects. It, it, it's all about the content and the approach you take. Like if you're bringing insights to your prospect on a regular basis, if you're sharing ideas, if you're making them smarter with each interaction, um, you know, I think the challenger sale model talks about the fact that, you know, the, how you sell becomes more important than what you sell. It creates a massive amount of value and differentiation when you can do that. And that's not about the social. It's really about the content.
1: Let's uh, switch to the, the aspect of pipeline management for a moment. How, how can sales organizations effectively combine content, technology process and integration between sales and marketing efforts to increase future engagement and uh, decrease acquisition costs o- over time?
0: Well, so all of the things you just mentioned, the content, the technology, the process, the integration, all critically important, but those are all, those all get modified and prioritized based on the customer, right? So who are you talking to? Who are you selling to? What do they care about? What stage of the buying process are they in? And what are you doing to help increase commitment uh, from them and help increase velocity um, of a decision from that prospect as well? So I think that's, what, that's the alignment of all these things. From a content standpoint, um, sales and marketing have to be on the same page. They have to, be, they have, to have a similar uh, sort of approach from a content standpoint at different stages of the buying process. Technology and process can help ensure that, right? The technology can say, hey, listen, if a lead is at a certain stage, that means sales holds off and marketing talks to them. Or if they reach a certain stage of opportunity qualification, you, know, you may have defined up front that that means sales engages and marketing holds off. So I think having that process and those systems defined up front, using technology to streamline what that does, and ensuring the right content at the right time for that prospect creates not only a more streamlined process internally, but a more integrated, congruent experience for the prospect. And the more they see multiple channels from your organization aligned with an integrated message, the more more quickly you will get to a point of commitment and velocity with that prospect in the process.
1: And you mentioned just a second ago that uh, people get to a certain point through their interactions where they're being uh, scored in the lead scoring system where they may trigger certain types of, of, of content. Let's just talk a bit more about lead scoring. You, you recently wrote a, a blog post called the, the Missing Variable in Your Lead Scoring Methodology. How does adding the variable of time, in, in, in your words, make? the difference
0: well I mean if, if it's not for time everything is just sort of a brief instant moment and those in instant moments don't do a lot for us and we we have plenty of research and evidence that shows that the more a time and attention you get with the prospect you know the more you are ingratiating yourself to them the more trust and relationship they have with you you know the more differentiation you can build For your brand. I mean, we don't always buy the best. Sometimes we buy from our favorite. And I think, you know, if you get more of that time and attention, it allows you to lean in on that opportunity to, to that of, uh, you know, how you sell is more important than what you sell. So if someone downloads your white paper, but doesn't read it versus someone that downloads your white paper and actually spends time with it. Those are very different experiences. Those are very different prospects in terms of their understanding and perception of you. So too often our lead scoring, you know, we give people points for having downloaded a white paper and we don't differentiate versus from those that like never even opened a delivery email versus someone that actually read it cover to cover. So actually measuring and taking into account engagement with you, with your brand, with your content can can help you engage with the right prospects at the right time. Um, no matter how good your sales process is, you're not going to control when your pr- prospect is ready to buy. But by by listening to what they're doing and by watching the right triggers and responding with value at the right time, you can make sure more of those conversations are more efficient. And sort of back to where we started, right? You were asking about the causes of inefficiency on the sales floor. Another big culprit is talking to the wrong prospect at the wrong time. If you can turn that around, you don't have to talk to as many prospects. you talk to fewer prospects with the right prospects at the right time, you will have greater impact and greater results in your sales efforts.
1: Okay, so what are some of the metrics there? You mentioned that uh, it's very straightforward these days to track people who are actually opening and, and, and clicking through uh, if it's uh, Google Analytics, for example, we can, we can look at what the time on site, the, the the sessions what what are the key metrics that that sales and marketing folks should really care about then
0: well i think time on site is 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 one factor um there are some great platforms such as path factory and others that allow you not just to see that someone accessed a particular piece of content but you can see how much time they spent in it you can see where they stopped you can see if there were certain pages or certain parts of the content they seem to pay the most attention to um, you know that can that can allow you to customize the follow-up uh, content appropriately. So I think by, by seeing that, you know, you don't, it's not an opportunity necessarily to be big brother and point out all the things that you know about a prospect, but it's an opportunity to just be a little more precise in what you put in front of them next. You know, I think most sales processes in B2B, um, they are not one call closes. Um, and so our, you know, we, we do ourselves a favor when we give prospects incrementally additional information when they're ready for it to help them move forward.
1: And what about assistance from, from AI? Where do you stand on, for example, uh, chatbots? If, if you've got folk coming to your site and the average time on site is less than 10 seconds, but you've got a chatbot that can pop up there and start a little conversation to answer rudimentary questions, does, does that help or is, is it? Is there much more to that, and it depends on the nature of the sale. So, for example, that wouldn't work in consultative selling. What's your take?
0: Oh, I don't know. I think it, I think it can help. I, th- I think that um, you know, if you can quickly engage someone based on sort of where they came from and where they're lo- what they're looking at, the nature of the content. If you can, you know, if you have a one size fits all for everybody, then that's probably not going to work. But if you can segment based on. Um, if you know who the person is, if you know where they, what company they came from, if you, um, can infer information about, you know, what they're looking for based on the content they're spending time on or the content that they're engaged with, I think you can start the right conversation. I don't believe in a complex sale that we're going to have chatbots, you know, really managing the sales process for us, but as a means of engaging, um, early
1: prospects in that first few seconds on the website, I think that's fine. Matt, you're not going to believe this, but we are ready towards the end of the interview. I can't believe this. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, just one last question for you for today, then. And that is, how can our listeners learn more about all the wonderful work done at Heinz Marketing? How can they connect with you? And also, what's coming What's coming down the pipeline for you, Matt? What's happening in 2019? Any any speaker gigs coming up? Any, any books coming out? Any other new initiatives that you want to share with, with our listeners?
0: Yeah. And I, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, you can learn more about us at heinzmarketing.com. that's H E I N Z like the ketchup and the big beans, uh, dot com. And we've got a lot of our, we've got our blog up there. Our podcast sales pipeline radio is available up there. We've got a lot of just a lot of research and content that's all available for free. Uh, we've got a bunch of new research coming out in the next uh, couple months. We've got some new research on how CMOs buy the role CMOs play in the buying process. We've got some research around some new trends in account-based marketing uh, that we're pretty excited about. Uh, we're looking at marketing automation platforms and sort of different features, the satisfaction levels of different features and components of marketing automation. Um, and then, yeah, we've I'll be um, I'll be on the road quite a bit. I'll be at um, I'll be at the Adobe and Marketo Summit, the Oracle Marketing Conference, um, Serious Decisions, Dreamforce at the end of the year. Um,
1: I'll be in and around. Well, just as long as you've got somebody to feed all those chickens that you have there. That's true. That's the main thing. (laughs) Well, uh, that just leaves me to say for today, Matt, thank you very much for being a guest on this CPSA podcast. My pleasure. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy selling.
0: Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian
1: Professional Sales Association.